My name is Gopal Rao, and I am the Chief Editor for Technical Content at the Materials Research Society, MRS. It is a great honor and pleasure to be talking with Dr. David Morse of Corning, Inc. today. Dr. David Morse is Corning's Executive Vice President and Chief Technology Officer. He's responsible for managing Corning's innovation portfolio and creating new growth drivers for the company. He has a doctorate from the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, MIT. Among his many honors, he has been elected to the National Academy of Engineering and is a fellow of the American Association for the Advancement of Science, AAAS. Welcome, David, and I'm very happy to be talking with you today. Corning, of course, is one of the great materials companies uh, and material sciences built into your DNA in one sense. So I appreciate your agreeing to chat with us today. So let me start with something that we're all preoccupied with these days. The COVID-19 pandemic is the major current issue worldwide, obviously, impacting the global population. How has this affected R&D efforts at Corning? You know, that we're in, we're in the state of New York for our biggest lab. Most of, most of our scientists and engineers are in New York and New York was uh, shut down early on. And uh, so we were asked to all go home. And then we had to work back from there. Um, there are some things that we do that, are, that qualify as essential industries. And we were able to bring back all the people that were in essential industries. Uh, but that still only occupied the lab at about 30%. Um, so it was necessary to uh, begin, as everyone did around the world, working uh, from, from online and uh, doing the best we could to keep uh, the lab going. And what we found, and I think uh, what my peers and other uh, industrial labs found is that, uh, to our surprise, um, we really didn't fall behind. Um, work continued. Uh, people were moved towards uh, reviewing their work and writing reports a little more. We uh, launched online education for people uh, that might not have been as likely to do it when they were in the lab full time. Um, and then slowly we were able to bring people back uh, until by July, uh, we had about 70% uh, peak uh, population at the lab. So, and it's been a continuing story. Um, as we've had uh, cases go up in our area, we've had to, uh, to uh, de-densify the lab, as we say, keep, keep the population to the lowest possible while still keep, keeping everyone safe and doing the work. And uh, that's the state that we're in right now. But the biggest message is that uh, research, development, and engineering have all continued amazingly unabated in the face of, of this uh, massive challenge. Oh, that's very interesting to hear. Um, now, everyone is, of course, interested in a vaccine for COVID-19, uh, but there are many other mitigating efforts that are ongoing. Are there COVID-related areas, uh, biomedical or others? where Corning's technology would be critical? Uh, yeah, actually there are. Um, we, have, we have a division which is uh, Corning Life Sciences, which provides uh, tools both for uh, research labs, uh, academic, industrial, and governmental, 
um, as well as uh, some scale up for uh, cell growth and uh, new technologies for, uh, for new types of uh, medications based on biologics. And uh, the demand um, for, the, for the products that we make for those industries uh, is higher than we can supply. Um, very high demand. And we're working hard on in industrializing new methods of uh, making some of these things so that we can uh, supply, the, supply the needs of the country and, and around the world. Um, we also have our new division, which is uh, Corning Pharmaceutical Technologies. Um, Corning had been in pharmaceutical vials from the very beginning. So we were the company that uh, people came to to make vials for the first polio vaccines back in the 1950s, which of course uh, that those uh, developments by uh, Salk changed the world. Uh, but they needed packaging and, and we provided it. Over the years, we got out of that business. Um, but as new biologics have been developed with uh, higher and lower pHs than, uh, than drugs had formerly, it became evident that a, that a new glass solution was necessary. Um, and we did uh, develop a new glass, uh, an aluminosilicate non-boron containing uh, glass for uh, making vials. And we are in the process of scaling that up as rapidly as we can. Um, and we received a large uh, United States government grant, over $200 million to uh, build a plant in uh, North Carolina to uh, scale it up as fast as possible, um, all devoted uh, to the pandemic. Um, and that, that business, uh, while it's still scaling up, uh, remains uh, uh, sold out as well, making as many as we possibly can to support the, the, both the, the drugs to treat COVID-19 uh, symptoms as well as uh, for the vaccines. It, it, it will be a, a world effort between Corning and other companies to provide all the, the vials that are necessary. So yes, we're right in, we're right in there. Yeah, good to hear that Corning has an important role to play in this. So. Yes, feels good. Uh, now, Gorilla Glass, obviously, and undoubtedly is one of Corning's best known products. I have it in my mobile phone, which is right next to me here. Sure. Um, can you describe the latest version of Gorilla Glass and its properties and future direction, directions for this? Well, Gorilla Glass has been a lot of fun and uh, we've continued to come up with uh, newer ways of making the compositions and new ways to ion exchange the glass to make it stronger and stronger. But this, this uh, latest one um, that uh, was just announced by uh, Apple is uh, the uh, furthest we've ever gone. And it's, it's of particular interest, I think, to uh, MRS uh, members because uh, it's no longer a glass, it's a glass ceramic. Wow. And uh, you may remember that uh, Corning invented glass ceramics, Don Stuckey, back in the uh, 1950s. And that led to the uh, business that we were so well known for, for, for many years, Corningware, uh, the glass ceramic cookware, um, and uh, we also, uh, during that time when we were in cookware, or not anymore, when we were in cookware, we invented uh, a um, transparent but colored uh, glass ceramic called Visions. 
It was uh, based on uh, beta quartz uh, in glass. It was 99% crystallized, uh, but, uh, but was still transparent. And that uh, was particularly, uh, one of the key inventors on that was uh, Dr. George Beale, whom uh, you know well at the society. And uh, we always wished that we could make that uh, actually both transparent, totally transparent and colorless, but we never succeeded in that back in the days that we were in cookware. And then uh, fast forward to uh, modern times, uh, more than 50 years later, and uh, we managed to invent uh, a clear glass ceramic that uh, is absolutely transparent, um, just the way Gorilla Glass is on, on your uh, current device. And, uh, which is uh, strengthened by having crystals in it, and which is also ion exchanged. And the two things together uh, end up making this uh, an extremely strong material. Um, the press uh, has used the term four times as, as strong for fracture toughness as, as our strongest previous glass, and uh, that's accurate. In fact, uh, even a little conservative, I'd say. Um, the performance is, is just amazing. Um, and I think that uh, it's gonna make life a lot easier for people who are really rough on their phones. Uh, and for those people that don't buy cases and like to have them uh, uh, just as they came, uh, they, they'll uh, enjoy something that uh, is, is safer. So it's, it's, a, it's a great product. Uh, we've continued on the on the on the non-glass ceramic side as well, and uh, we did announce a, ver a, a seventh version of grow glass, which is called Victus, and that one too is quite a quite a move forward from the previous uh, grow glasses that we've made, and that is that is showing up at uh, some of the major uh, uh, product providers right now. Excellent. We certainly have many fewer. Shattered screens, I'm sure, in the future. The initial, uh, there's always a lot of people on the, uh, on the internet uh, who uh, take pride in, in testing these uh, phones in the ultimate ways that they can think of. And so far, so good. Very good. Um, Corning is, of course, also known for applications in optical fibers and specialty glass. Uh, but it's interesting to note that there are many other lesser known applications that, that you are working on. Can you maybe point to one or two unusual application areas being developed at Cornet? Uh, sure. Um, I think uh, we're thought of more often for glass than we are for ceramics, but uh, ceramics are a big part of what we do. Um, and uh, I know that most people are familiar with uh, substrates for catalytic converters. They've, been around uh, since uh, the early 1970s. But uh, more recently, um, the, uh, we had diesel soot filters and then, more, and then just recently gas particulate filters. And gas particulate filters are used because uh, when direct injection gas engines are used, um, the direct injection creates many more particles, uh, nanoparticles than uh, in a regular uh, older fashioned uh, gas engine. And so uh, gas particulate filters are mandated in both Europe and in China, two of the biggest markets. Um, 
so we developed a product there and it's, and it's uh, going on the new cars. And we took that product and we used it to filter uh, indoor and outside air of particulates. And it works very well for that. Um, and it can be used to filter air for a long period of time and then washed off and reused. So it appears to have a long lifetime. We're projecting 20 years. And that, that uh, product has uh, been in a competition in Europe um, looking for uh, ways to filter uh, air. And, and it won that competition, which was a nice uh, over a million dollar, or excuse me, a million euro uh, prize. And uh, then we competed in uh, Korea, in Seoul, um, in the subway system. And uh, we won a competition there as well. And so we're, we're starting our first installations uh, in the subway uh, in Seoul. And we'll see if that becomes a commercial product. But it looks very interesting right now. And it has special properties, uh, such as the ability to uh, filter micro and nanometallic particles out of the air, which, is, which are present in subway systems because of the, of the grinding of the wheels against the rails. Um, and if you try to capture metal particles using uh, paper filters, they cut right through um, and cloth as well. So uh, it has unique capabilities um, and has very long lifetime. And uh, I'm really hoping that this will become a significant technology for uh, filtering air both in uh, closed systems, indoors, in semi-open systems like subway systems, and then maybe even in some more open systems like parking garages or uh, urban areas that are, that are closed in and, and uh, where the air does not, does not filter out much. So we'll see. Another one is, uh, that, that is new to us uh, in ceramics is our ceramic tape technology which is continuous manufacturing of very thin ceramic tape. Um, the first material we did was a simple one, alumina, uh, but we've ended up with, with alumina, which is different than uh, you're able to access from other methods. It's, it's more transparent, not totally transparent, but more transparent. Has uh, outstanding heat conductivity, which alumina is already very good at, but it's better than regular cast alumina. Um, and it can be made in a continuous uh, strip form. So we, we think uh, that, that making ceramics in this way is different and that it uh, allows us to uh, move into potential applications in electrodes or batteries, uh, which are so important uh, to our future as we move away from internal combustion engines. And certainly Corning would, would love to be a part of of the solution for uh, battery electric vehicles and, and batteries for uh, other applications as well. Now, in your presentation, you touch upon artificial intelligence as playing an increasingly important role at Corning in R&D. Yes. Uh, can, can you expand on Corning's use of artificial intelligence, machine learning, especially for materials design aspects? Well, we've, uh, we've uh, embrace that as wholeheartedly as we can. Um, the number of people doing uh, modeling and simulation uh, at Corning has increased dramatically over the years, and there are over 200 now uh, who are experts in that field. And uh, we, have, we have set the goal of design of, of uh, new materials um, using the earliest forms 
uh, that are appropriate of, of machine learning uh, and AI. And uh, with some success, the, uh, the Gorilla Glass that I mentioned, uh, Gorilla Glass 7 or Victus, uh, was actually designed uh, on a computer. The composition was designed there. Um, and uh, it was moved, moved uh, rather rapidly to production and uh, worked very well. So on, on the uh, invention of materials side, I, I think really uh, we can't even begin to estimate what's going to happen in the world as these tools become available. But it takes a huge amount of skill to, to design them to fit into the systems that we work with to make them uh, multi-dimensional in terms of many different components. And uh, I know that we're only at the very beginning of, of knowing what we can do uh, long-term. Fascinating, that parallels what we are seeing in so many other areas of material science. Yes. AI is being used today. Um, so I'd like to end by talking a little bit about the role of industrial R&D labs. Uh, so in the past, major industrial labs like Bell Labs or Westinghouse that used to be located uh, here in Pittsburgh, where I live, uh, have played major roles in both applied and fundamental research. Um, from Carning's perspective, what do you see as the role of industrial R&D labs in the research enterprise? Well, uh, you'll not find a stronger proponent of the value of uh, industrial research, and I emphasize the research, despite the fact we do research development in engineering, and it takes a huge amount of engineering to scale up. But the research part is critical to the, to the long life of companies like Corning, and, uh, and to all the new companies uh, that, are, that are coming along uh, around the United States and around the world. Um, I, can't, I just can't over, overemphasize how important it is to us and how uh, the uh, chairman of Corning, Wendell Weeks, the, the board of Corning, all strongly support long-term investment in, in R&D and, and the fact that Corning wants to be a company that, that's still here. Uh, what we say uh, is we've been here, been here for all over 160 years. We'd like to be here for another 160 years. And, and you know, that sounds silly on, on the face of it, but it's not impossible because research will always yield inventions, always. And whenever in, in history, we've come to a point where some scientists have said, well, that field is exhausted, we find that huge inventions are made. And your example of Bell Labs is, is the perfect one because in the early 50s, uh, it was often said, well, optics is a closed field. I mean, everything that, that's gonna happen in optics has happened. And yet within 10 years, Bell Labs had, had significantly participated in the invention of the maser and leading to the laser. And, uh, and of course the transistor. Um, and, and those two things completely changed and continue to completely change the uh, everything that happens in the world. Um, they, with Corning being involved, sure, we were involved in optical fiber and the competition to make the best one as, as Bell Labs were, and uh, that, that was part of the outcome. As long as we invest in R&D, 
we'll continue to make inventions and, and uh, we'll, improve, we'll improve life and we'll, we'll uh, I hope, deal with uh, the challenges of uh, global warming and high population and all the things that, that we face have to be dealt with by doing good science. And it'll happen in government labs, it'll happen in academic labs. The difference with industrial labs is we also have the engineers. And so once it happens, we're, regardless of where it starts, we can turn it into reality. And that's, that's uh, one of the hard parts. And I think we can do that, so. Uh, I, I'm, I'm the strongest of supporters. I've spent my whole career on this, uh, 44 years at Corning, and uh, I sure hope uh, it goes on for the rest of my life. Well, thank you, David, for talking with me today. And we'll continue to keep an eye on all the new and innovative technologies and products, including future versions of, of Gorilla Glass coming out of Corning R&D and material science. So thank you again. Yes, thank you. Thank you, Gopal, for the opportunity. I deeply appreciate it and uh, happy to uh, spread the word on the value of research. <laughs>